Uh, this morning, what we're dealing with or talking about is the idea of a contaminated mind, and we've got to be very careful and, and cautious with what we do, otherwise we will get a contaminated mind in this old world that we live in. First Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 16, he says, Take heed to thyself and unto the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Paul, giving to us the admonition, the caution, uh, of course, dealing with his son in the faith, Timothy, telling him to take heed, to be cautious, to, 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 to observe and, and spend a little bit of time and think about what it is that you're hearing and that you're thinking about. And it's important what we're letting into our mind. We've talked and discussed the idea of a complacent or a careless mind. And beloved, if we're complacent or careless, we will get contaminated. It just happens. It's part of this whole world that, we're live, that we live in. And if you're not very careful, you know, today, you guys are going to be upset at me, I know, but there was something I needed to take care of in the attic. And uh, so I went up into the attic this morning to adjust something because our furnaces need to be readjusted every year. And I'm like, man, the heat's running. I need to get up there and do that. So I went up into the attic to do that. But I was in my suit, right? And so you're crawling around in the attic in, and you're, you're trying to keep from getting all dirty because everything's all dusty up there and you're trying not to touch anything and climbing through and you're like, oh, I know I'm going to get junk all over my suit. So I got out and I had to go get a wet rag and wipe off the dust marks from different spots. That's, that's the way we are in the world. If you aren't careful just going out into this world, there's so much, it, it'll just get on you. You know, you, on our trip back, uh, we stopped at a rest stop and... I went into the restroom there and I thought, you know, uh, I'm going to eat some chips or whatever in the car, so I'm going to wash my hands. I, of course, had filled up the gas and, and whatever, and I thought, well, that's probably dirty. I want to just wash my hands so that I have clean hands when I'm eating these chips and whatever. And I washed my hands, and I don't know if all that dirt came from, from that gas pump or where it came from, but my hands were dirty. I'm like, man, I'm glad I washed them. I don't know where all that dirt came from. Just being out in the world, you get it on you. Your hands get dirty and you get filthy. And if you aren't careful, you will get uh, that way in your mind in the world that we live in. He tells them to take heed. That means to give some, some, some attention to, to, to think about it, to, to realize the, the, what is important here. First of all, he tells us uh, in, in our notes here, our lesson is a closed-brained door. I mean, it's put, put some you know, some cautions up there, some safety. Maybe you need to close the door of your brain at times to protect your mind. It'll keep your vessel clean. It'll keep your vessel clean. So there's times in this world that sometimes you need to just shut off. Uh, you need to close the door. You need to block out what's taking place or what's going on in this world or, or determine not to be a part of that. There's a rule of a clear caution here, this clear caution that he gives us, the idea of taking heed to thyself. It is giving a little bit of attention to it. And young people many times don't uh, really take heed to what they're getting into. They just go out and they play. They just go out and have fun and they're not real cautious about what they're getting involved in. Uh, you, uh, I was watching a little YouTube short this week and uh, one guy, he was actually a tree worker, but he grabbed this tree with his tractor and picked it up and started driving it to go throw it in the truck. He did not know that there was a beehive inside that, uh, inside that log. And so he picked up the log and he's driving through the yard. You know, next thing you know, the bees are like everywhere. And he 
just jumped off the tractor, left the tractor running, and he's running the other way. <laughs> you know, he's just running like crazy. But these bees are coming after him, and he's swatting everything, trying to keep from getting uh, too brutally attacked by these bees. And, and sometimes kids can get into things like that where they weren't really paying attention and like, oh, that wasn't real smart because they weren't taking heed. But we as even God's people need to take heed to what it is we're getting involved in. There needs to be some caution there. Uh, God commands us to take the water of life to this world. The water of life. Uh, that water needs to flow through a clean conduit. The fact of the matter is, is you and I cannot separate uh, the message from the messenger. We know that the water of life is pure. We know that the message is right. There is no hesitation or question with regards to that. But we also must remember and understand how important it is for us to have a clean vessel to carry the water of life. To deliver the water of life. You see, beloved, the right content is important, but clean conduit is just as important. Having a vessel that is clean to carry the water of word, uh, there is a requirement for a clean conduit. The requirement for a clean conduit. Just last Sunday night, we were sitting around the table at my house uh, for the supper with the shepherd. You know, there was some conversation that turned to the good old days, how things used to be, and how uh, the, the main topic of conversation was, uh, you know, the fact that, I mean, when you were a kid and you were out playing in the yard, uh, you didn't go look to try and find a bottle of water. You didn't come in and say, Mom, can I have a bottle of water? No, you just grabbed the old rubber hose out of the yard, turned it on, and took a drink. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, we, we were discussing that idea that, you know, the old hose, uh, you know, especially when the summer had turned that hose soft and the rubber taste that you got coming out of that hose, you know, even if you let water run through it a little bit, it just still tastes like rubber. But, I mean, you didn't care. It was, uh, it was hot, and it was summertime, and you're just getting, getting a drink. And, uh, you know, the old sleds, uh, the stainless steel uh, slides that they had, and if you were lucky, you know, you were coming down on dirt instead of a gravel parking lot or something like that. In the church, usually it was in a parking lot or something like that you'd be coming down to. But those, those old stainless steel, man, those things slid. You got to going fast. And uh, they, they were fun. Uh, but, you know, today <clears throat> it's a little bit different. But this idea of a right conduit, uh, you know, it's important that you have a clean vessel to carry the pure word of God. The vessel of the water is carried in does make a difference. Nobody wants to drink from a dirty vessel. It doesn't matter how pure and clean the original water was, and we do have a very pure and clean water. The water of the word, we know that it's right. If the vessel that is carried in is filthy, if the vessel is defiled... There's nothing wrong with the truth of God that he has given to us. We know that this is the water of life and that this is what everybody needs, the water of life. Uh, do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that this is the water of life, that this word of God is, brings life to those that hear it and it is what people need? Amen. This is what people need in the world today. 
I mean, you look at the turmoil and the hardship that's in the world today, and, and uh, man, if people would turn back to God and turn to His ways, and I mean, so many problems that we have in society and the world today could be solved if, if people just followed uh, the rules and the ways that God planned for men to live. Well, God has chosen in his infinite wisdom for you and I to be the conduit to carry this message, to carry his word to a lost and dying world. And we need to remember how vitally important it is that we be clean vessels. This world is thirsty. They need water. Look in 2 Timothy chapter number 2. You should be in chapter 4 there, but 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 19 through 21. He says here, Let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house... There are not only vessels of gold and silver, but is also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, prepared unto every good work. We want to be vessels of honor. We want to be fit for the master's use. We want to be uh, worthy vessels to carry this worthy message to a lost and dying world. Uh, I do have here this bottle of water. And just for illustration's sake, this is fresh, obviously still sealed, unopened bottle of water. But just for illustration's sake, I also have Odin's dish here. So... Any, anybody would like a drink? No. Wait, it's the same water. This is pure, clean. I mean, Deer Park, right? I imagine they have a good reputation. Um, uh, I mean, good, clean, filtered, purified water. But the vessel that it's carried in, anybody would say, no, uh, I'm, I'm done with that. Nope. I'm not going to do that. That's, I, I'm not interested in that. Why would a lost world be interested in the message of the Word of God, the message of life, the water of life, from vessels that there is no difference in between them and the filth of the world? They would look and say, well, why would I want that? What would I need that for? There's nothing different there than, than what I have. We need to keep our vessels clean. We see a closed brain door will keep your values centered. Keep your values centered. This is really, really important because in today's world, we have an influx from all directions of different value systems where people, uh, they're coming from a different starting place and therefore they're going to end up in a different place and their value system, what they're establishing their, their, the way they live off of is from a completely different place. We need to have our value system firmly seated in the Word of God. What we believe and practice and how we live should be firmly seated in the Word of God. Amen? You would agree with that? 
Well, this world, uh, they can take a lot of different places from which they may establish their value system. There's some people that would feel perfectly fine with uh, somebody stealing from somebody else. As long as the person they stole from, uh, you know, they would look at it and say, well, it's, it's a victimless crime because the person they stole from is insured. So it's going to get paid for anyway. They just say, well, it's, it's, but that's not true, obviously, even if the insurance does pay for that. Who is it that's paying the insurance premiums? Where does the insurance get that money? They get it from all of the people that are part of that, that policy or that area, and now all of their insurance is going to go up. Somebody's paying for it. But people's value systems, uh, when they establish or do what's right in their own mind, comes from many different places, and we need to keep our values centered. And we see here the uh, content of doctrine. He said, take heed unto the doctrine in 1 Timothy 4.16. Now, what is doctrine? You guys tell me. What is doctrine? Teaching. In its most basic form, a definition of the word doctrine would be teaching. It's take heed to the teaching that you're hearing. Take heed to, to what it is that you're being instructed on. Now, I know that at times, doctrine, teaching, can be boring. This last week, I praise the Lord, I'm, I'm not implying that the services were, bo were boring. Uh, we had great, powerful services, but we went through with the teens, we had, let's see, seven, seven services that we went through throughout the week. And uh, the evening services would start at seven and uh, wouldn't end with everything they had involved. The teens wouldn't be dismissed till probably 10, till 10 o'clock. Uh, long services and uh, a lot happening there. And sometimes if you get a uh, speaker that maybe is more of a teacher, uh, that can be hard to listen to for a long period of time. It, it can be, uh, you know, just that idea of teaching and doctrine can sometimes be boring, but it's very important that we have right doctrine, that we have right teaching. He, when dealing with Timothy, Paul addresses the idea of the conduit, conduit first, but then he addresses the idea of the content. He says, hey, what, what you're being taught, what you're learning is very, very important. So both a person's holiness as well as his doctrine is necessary. You see, our mind, beloved, can be contaminated by the sin of the world, the filth that's out there. But our mind can also be contaminated by wrong or false doctrine, by being instructed incorrectly, by being taught things that aren't necessarily true or that are 100% false, completely contrary to the teachings of the Word of God. Only in keeping our mind in the word of God will you be able to ferret out those things that are contrary to truth. You have to know the truth to be able to determine what's right or wrong. Know the truth to be able to identify and see falsehood. Keeping our mind in the word of God. Proverbs 12 verse number 5 says, The thoughts of the righteous are right. The thoughts of the righteous are right. That is, the, the, we get sound doctrine. We get taught in the word of God. We can have right thinking because we've been rooted in the scriptures. He says, but the counsel of the wicked is deceit, is deceit. And there ought to be a concern for us, a concern of being deceived, of deception, a concern of deception. You know, in today's world with so many scam artists out there, 
How many of you are like me? You get a text from a number you don't recognize, and all just your your antennas go up. Like, okay, uh, who is this? You know, some random person just says hi. Hmm. And I'm a pastor, and I don't. I mean, I get a lot of contact from people I don't necessarily recognize, and so I'm trying to wonder, like, okay, should I say hello, or should I be like just block it or report it as junk, or should I should I go down this rabbit hole and see if somebody needs some help? Or and and it happens to me often. But my antenna goes up and says, wait, something's not right here. Uh, this random person, they're like, oh. Uh, are you Julie or is this somebody? And you're like, nope, wrong number, sorry. And they're like, what a coincidence. I'm so glad I get to meet you. Uh, I'm so-and-so from here. I love making new friends. You know, I mean, you've seen so many different rabbit holes I've gone down and ultimately, what are they trying to do? They're trying to scam you. There's, there's an alertness there because of the world we live in. And it's sad that we have to be that way, but you get a message through Facebook or Messenger or you get a text on your phone or an email uh, from somebody from Zambia or uh, Nigeria that they, your great uncle has $200 million that got stuck in the bank, you know, and all you have to do is pay the $200 uh, service fee and it'll be released to you. You know, uh, I don't know how in the world they think people fall for that, but our antenna goes up. And what I'm saying is there ought to be a concern in our heart and mind with regards to the truth that we also are hearing truth, that we're hearing the word of God that we are not being deceived. And here's the biggest concern for us, beloved. The biggest point of concern for us as individuals ought to be our own heart. We know what Jeremiah says. The heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? We know that it's deceitful above all things. We know that truth, and I appreciate the amens, and I appreciate the the hearty agreement. But if we were honest this morning, we listen to our own heart, and we take our own counsel far above anybody else's. Now, we know the truth of the word of God says our heart is deceitful, is desperately wicked. We can't know our own heart. And when we read that verse, we say amen. But when we go to make a decision or to determine what we should do in life, the first place we consult is our own heart and what we want. And we weigh that heavier and with more importance than anybody else's recommendation, because ultimately it's what we want. What I'm saying is that he's warning him here. He says, hey, you need to take heed. There ought to be, in our heart and mind, there ought to be at least an acknowledgement of the fact that we know our own heart can deceive us, that there's possibly we're being deceived or possibly we're taking ourselves down a road that wouldn't be in our best interest. And so our antennae ought to be up. Our, Our concern ought to be up that we're not deceived. Hebrews chapter 5, verse number 14 says, But strong meat belongeth to them that are of a full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So through time in the Word of God and time uh, walking with God, you can begin to discern good and evil. 
You can begin to, to use sound judgment. You can begin to be directed by the Holy Spirit. Uh, but we need to take heed to what it is we're thinking. There ought to be a concern that we aren't deceived or we don't let our own heart take us down some rabbit hole that we shouldn't be going down. Beloved, when God's word is valued, your own values will be right. When God's word is truly valued, when we look at this and say, this is where I need to be getting direction for my life. This is where I need to be uh, rooted in and uh, established in and know the word of God because this is what needs to be guiding my decisions. When you have that, your values will be right. We see in Psalms 119 that familiar passages on the word of God. Just listen to how, as I read this to you, Psalms 119, verses 97 through 106, but how intertwined decision-making and direction for life is with the Word of God. Listen to it in, in Psalms 119. He says, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Through thy commandments has made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditations. Understand more than the ancients, because I keep thy precepts. I have refrained my feet from every evil way. I have kept thy word. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me how sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to the mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn and I will perform it, that I will keep thy righteous judgments." Over and over again, he says, I'm going the right direction because I have been in thy word. I've made a right decision because your word has taught me. I have understanding beyond the ancients. I have a knowledge beyond my teachers. I have an ability. Why? Not because I'm, I'm full of pride or puffed up in my own understanding, but because it is the word of God that directs my steps. And if we're going to be careful that we're not deceived then we need to be in the Word of God. We see thirdly here, a closed brain door will keep your voice clear. Keep your voice clear. He says here in 1 Timothy 4.16, our text verse, he says, uh, you know, for in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Them that hear thee. You know, none of us live unto ourselves. We all influence others. We all have an impact on other lives. Sometimes you think, well, I don't have much of an impact or there's nobody watching me or nobody's listening to what I say. You know your walk talks louder than your talk talks. We know that. And what we're doing says a lot. And there are people that are watching us. There are people that are learning from us. And here we see, he says, hey, take heed to thyself. Because by doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. You see, when we're thinking purely, we don't have to worry about what comes out of our mouth. 
having a right voice will come from a right heart. Uh, you know the old saying, garbage in, garbage out. Um, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. That only what's been put in is what's going to come out. If we're very cautious and very careful about what we allow to enter our mind, what we allow to, to our minds to dwell on, we don't have to think about or wonder what's going to come out. Now, I enjoy watching sports. I don't follow a lot of sports. I don't know stats. Um, show you how bad it is. When we're at a baseball game, I have to ask my wife, what are those numbers for? What, what does that mean? What is, you know, I don't even know what all the numbers are. Like on a baseball card, the different numbers that are there that they're telling you, I don't know. Mary knows what they all are. And because, uh, you know, somebody will get up to hit or whatever and they'll, they'll put his stats on the board. I don't even know what it is. Uh, but there's some people, they have taken a lot of time and invested energy in that. And they can tell you the best players and what their stats are. And they could quote all that. That's what's in their mind. They can give all that to you. I can't. I haven't given any time to that. Nothing wrong with it. You know, it's just something that's not in my heart and mind. I can talk to you about technology. I can talk to you about video codecs and compression ratios. I can talk to you about, you know, uh, different uh, YouTube algorithms that allow uh, your video to be promoted. You know, things that, these are things that I've read about because I have an interest in them. But everybody's interest might be different. But what we've got to be careful is that we don't allow things to enter our mind that are, that are going to contaminate it. Because what we put in is what's going to come out. That's why we've got to be very careful. Because it's not just us that's infect infected. That's good. <laughs> it's not just us that's infected. That was completely by accident. <laughs> I was going to say affected. Uh, it's not just us that's affected. It's other people, the people that hear us or that are watching our life or that hear our conversation. They are affected as well because of what we've allowed into our mind. Matthew chapter 12, verses 33 through 35. He says, either make the tree good and his fruit good or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. O generation of vipers, how can ye be evil, speaking good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. A good man, out of the good treasures of his heart, bringeth forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasures of heart, bringeth forth evil things. We've got to be very careful, beloved, that we as God's people don't get contaminated by the world, allow just casually, just maybe carelessly, just by not taking heed to what it is we're letting in our mind, but we're allowing things into our mind that are ultimately going to come out and they're going to affect other people because that's what we've allowed in. We've got to be careful about that. We can't afford to be careless with our minds. If we want good things to come out, we've got to put good things in. If we want to be able to expound the scriptures, then we've got to spend time studying the scripture. This discipleship series has been phenomenal in the growth, not just for those that are being discipled, but those that are discipling. Why? Because a question is asked and you're like, oh, I'm not positive on that, but I'm going to study it out for you. 
And then that week you go and you dig into the word of God and you begin to study and you begin to look at it and you're growing and your knowledge of the scripture is growing. And now next time somebody asks that question, you'll be able to say, oh yeah, that's because of this. How did you have that answer? Because you studied it. Because you put it in there. Because you took time to learn that. And we've got to do those types of things. One of the most exciting things about this is we see here that keeping your voice clear is pleasing to the master. Is pleasing to the master. What a great thrill to know that we're pleasing the master. What a, what a privilege to know that we're putting a smile on God's face. That what we're doing makes God happy. I still enjoy making my dad happy. I got a little thank you note in the mail yesterday when I got back from Indiana. I don't know when dad sent it, but he sent a little note that just said, hey, you know, son, I'm proud of you. Uh, it's exciting to see what God's doing in your life and the direction that you're headed. I praise the Lord for your healing and that you're back in the pulpit and doing well. You know, just a little short note, but uh, it's, I enjoy making my dad happy. But how much more and how much uh, more precious is it to, to know we're making God happy, our Heavenly Father? So when we take heed to ourselves, we think about what it is we're allowing in, that we are cautious and careful, and we've got to be so careful in this world. Because there's so many places and things that the world can get in and impact our mind. And if you're careless, it'll come in in many different ways. But if you're cautious, you can protect that. And make sure you're really only getting in or letting in the right things. The right things. And we can please the master. Let me ask you, uh, from your perspective, or maybe just get some feedback from the class here, uh, what are some ways that we could please the master? What are some things that we know that are pleasing to the master or that we can do or, or participate in or be involved in or whatever? Just what, from, you give me some feedback if there's joy in pleasing the master, then what are some things we can do that are pleasing to the master? Brad said spending time with him. It's pleasing to the master. We know that he wants to spend time with us. And that's amazing, but spend time with him, yes. Be a witness. We know that he wants us to be sharing the truth, the love of Christ with this world. So we, being a witness is pleasing to the master. Yes. Faith. Without faith, it is impossible to what? Please him. If we're going to please him, we've got to be exercising faith. That, we could look at that in our lives and just think, well, this is going to be hard. But in, in acknowledging that fact, we can know. But it also is pleasing God. When I'm by faith doing this. And we know that faith is, is really obedience in action. Just by just taking that step, you know God wants you to do it. You say, okay, by faith, I'm going to do that. And we know it pleases God. That should be exciting to us as Christians, that we can please God by having faith. Any other ideas? Things that we can do? Being in God's house? Here. Serving, serving the Lord? 
in, in different opportunities or aspects, whatever it might be. You know, there's no, uh, how would you say this, unimportant or menial task. I know in our mindset, we look at things and, and we try and evaluate or set up or establish some levels of importance. Uh, but listen, if it's for the Lord, it's all important. Every bit of it. And whatever we do, we do it heartily as unto the Lord. And you do it with all your might. And that's pleasing to the Master. When we can serve Him. When we can be present in, in His house. For whatever the occasion. We know those things are pleasing to God. And it's a privilege to, to know that we've pleased the Master. Keeping the door of our brain uh, cautiously. Uh, can help us from having a contaminated mind. We've got to be very careful with that. Now, we talked today about three things just by way of review of a couple things here. Um, what are three benefits of having a closed brain door? There's three things that we mentioned in our notes today, three benefits of having a closed brain door. It will keep... The first one, you guys, do you know? Do you see them in your notes there? It'll keep your vessel clean was one. It'll keep your values centered. That was one. And it'll keep your voice clear. Was that, was that it? Keep your voice clear. So have, being in control of those things will keep your vessel clean, your values centered, and your voice clear. Um, what steps do you think that we can take uh, in our life to maintain a clean conduit for God? What steps do you think we could take to help maintain a clean conduit for God? In light of the lesson or even in your own words, uh, you say here's something that we can do to keep a clean conduit. Andrew? Spending more time in God's word. We know the Bible tells us that you are made clean through the washing of the word of God. So more time in God's word. That we don't, we don't necessarily even understand it sometimes or how it happens, but it cleans our heart. It cleans our mind when we're spending time in the word of God. So this is good. Yes, Ms. Kim. Listening to the Holy Spirit, responding to the Holy Spirit, letting the Holy Spirit guide us in our life, living a clean life. Brother Garland? Testifying to, to others about, the, about what the Lord's doing in your heart is definitely something that we want to be doing. These, uh, of course, clean vessels, vitally important for that. Um, according to Jeremiah 17, 9... Can we trust our own heart? No. Okay, we know that. So let's put that in the back of our mind. And maybe, you know how when you see that goofy text or that email from Nigeria, you're like, oh boy. Uh, maybe when our heart wants to do something, we ought to, oh boy, wait a minute. Just a word of caution. Let's just look at this. We know Jeremiah 17.9 tells us that. Um, when God's word is valuable to you, your what will be right? When God's word is valuable, your own, starts with a V, 
values will be right. So when you value the word of God, it will help you establish right personal values in your heart. We know that to be true.